want the world. Yeah, I want the world. Yeah, I want it all. Said I want the world. Yeah, I want the world. I'm coming to get it. Don't care what you heard. Don't care what you heard. I'm taking it all 'cause I want the world. Yeah, I want the world. Yeah, I want the world. It's the best in the game. Best in the biz. About that time, and you know what it is. Coming from Brooklyn, bringing that truth. Never gonna lie. Never gonna lose. Always on top. Keeping it steady. He'll make you tap out, and you won't be ready. He got the suplex breaking your back. Now everyone in the world gonna listen to Taz. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Caught up with an old friend. Caught up with an old friend in a podcast, but not my podcast. Interesting. Uh, hello. This is the Taz Show, and I am Taz. And we are uh, basically barreling through here. The work week, as some of the jobbers call it. Uh, I'll have a little NXT chatter for you in this episode. This past Wednesday's NXT. Another good one. Uh, get into all of those good things. Uh, thank you, everybody, who downloaded this right now um, on Apple Podcast or Radio.com. Very much appreciated. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you, and uh, and thank you for all. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't do a good job of. I always thank you guys every episode. I know I do that um, because it's important. And it could be some a new person who downloaded. You know what I mean? Maybe a new group of people that are sitting in a circle and they all downloaded it. So if you're sitting in that circle and you're new to my content, thank you. Um, but I, what I don't say is this. I don't say thank you for downloading all the past episodes you all may have downloaded. How about that? I may add that to the docket, bitches. Um, so anyways, so yeah, so thanks. Uh, all the love and support. Um, without you guys, I'm nothing. Well, that's not really true. I'd still be over, just not as over as uh, not as over as much as I am if I uh, can put myself over for a tad. And I just did. Well, anyways, uh, so I, I was saying I caught up with uh, an old friend in a podcast, a gentleman by the name of Bill Apter. You guys know Bill, legendary journalist in the industry, photography, everything, just everything. He just covers the business on all different levels for decades upon decades. And Bill uh, has a new podcast out called The Apter Chat, and he covers the industry. So um, yours truly uh, was invited to be a guest on Bill's new podcast. So... It was great uh, chatting. For, it was a long pod, man. We did a long, we had a long talk, uh, you know, and it, it was a lot of fun. And um, uh, it's long. And it's, it, it, this was more of an interview where he was interviewing me. But we have a long history. You know, when I first was breaking in, you know, a, a lot, basically one of the first guys ever to believe in me that wasn't a booker or promoter was Bill Apter. So, um he was somebody that had a lot of definitely a, a huge amount of popularity in pro wrestling illustrated the, the famed wrestling magazine for many decades. Bill was a massive part of all that success there. So, you know, um, and then Bill helped me when I was young, young in the business and just starting out. No one really even knew the hell I was. And Bill helped kind of spread the word around about me and believed in me. So, you know, um, uh, it's awesome that Bill's still uh, heavily involved with covering the industry and stuff like the wrestling business. So, uh, I don't know when Bill Apter is dropping that. Um, uh, him and his producer. I'm trying to. I don't think they told me, but I'm sure it's soon. Um, but I'm sure you guys will find it. I'll definitely uh, push it out on social media once I see it out there, or Bill lets me know. So um, I just want to let you know about that. So it's it's um you know I, I, a lot, uh, there was a lot of things in there that I covered that I've covered about my career on this 
podcast and on the Taz show when I was live. But, you know, you'll hear me in a different realm because I'm on the other side of the mic in essence of the guests. So, um, which is, you know, uh, usually I'm just, you know, running the fucking game. You know what I'm saying? That's what I do. Run in the game. RTG bitches. You know that. So we'll get into talking here about the NXT because it was a good one. It was a good one. And uh, there's one uh, wrestler. A uh, new guy in the territory I want to talk about. He's not new to the business, but he's new to the territory. Named Keith Lee. Uh, Keith Lee. I'll get into talking about him a little bit here in this episode for sure. Um, I, you know what? Um, like I was saying, I, I think it was definitely an excellent episode. Um, they just have a great job of the way they um, they flow with their stuff and the way they. Uh, it's the one hour. I think that helps. That's not two or three hours. I think Triple H. Uh, knows how to maximize that hour the right way, and it brings you up and down um, um, from a creative standpoint in a good way. So I think he does a good job with that, and and you know his writers and stuff like that, and the talent. So uh, we'll we'll get into the details of that and about uh, Gargano's presence on there, William Regal, uh, Lars Sullivan. We'll get into all of that stuff. Um, uh, first, I want to get into a little um uh something i saw uh somebody had a question for me on twitter and i don't normally you know me i'm not a q a fucking dude you know that's not my thing except maybe if i'm doing taz hall meeting now that's the new thing that we do here where on facebook i'll say okay good man hit me with some questions and i'll do a podcast about it so um but this was something that you know every once in a while i'll see something on twitter where someone that have a question maybe i'm in the middle of doing my sports radio show, I'm busy doing something else. I don't get a chance to answer it, to be honest. This was interesting. This one this one tweaked me. Uh, it, it got me interested. He, he was a simple but yet um, good question. So it's from um, somebody named Geeky Bearded Texan uh, at Dan J. Pitt 409. So, Dan, thank you uh, for this question. So this is what he says. What's up, Taz? Uh, just finished listening to one of the recent episodes where you mentioned the success of Cody is having post-WWE and the inspiration he is. So I was wondering, what would cause the guys to stay in WWE that are unsatisfied? What's the positive to staying? So I know it sounds like such a simplistic question, but yet sometimes those are the best questions. And uh, Dan J. Pitt, 409, I, I love it. It's it's to the point. So here's the deal, man. You're wondering what would cause guys to stay in WWE if they see that, if they know they're unsatisfied, not happy creatively, or they're handcuffed, or they're micromanaged, or they're, they're a cog in the, in the wheel instead of being the wheel, where Cody Rhodes was a cog in the wheel, like many of us was, and he got out, and he's his own wheel now. Um, I humbly say I feel I'm my own wheel now. You know, uh, anybody who can get out and still have success either in the industry or out of the industry, I think is there becomes their own wheel. Um, okay. That's not answering your question. Now I'll answer your question. What causes guys and girls to stay there? Well, I can't speak for everyone. I don't want to stereotype, but as a whole, I will tell you a, a good chunk of it is money. Um, and the other main chunk of that money is the comfort zone. And what I mean is that is security. And I mean that in a positive way. You have security. When you work under contract at WWE, as long as you keep your nose clean and work hard, there's a great chance you're not getting fired. You don't get in trouble and you don't 
you you make all your dates and you don't show up late or you don't get into an attitude you don't get an attitude with someone backstage or get into any you know fist of cuffs or or cut a promo on an agent or a writer or you know there's a good chance you could work under contract in wwe for a long time they're pretty loyal to the talent and they've always been like that and a lot of people don't realize that i mean yeah sure some people get cut loose but i mean i i've heard conversations with my own ears you know without naming names of the talent i've heard vince mcmahon you know talk about certain talent that this guy or girl wasn't getting over um and they wanted the agents to inspire these guys to you know grab the opportunity by the horns and and get over and they still weren't getting over and you know vince wouldn't it, it wasn't like i will not fire them it was like you know he would give them multiple chances or just de-push them but they were still getting paid and he didn't just, you know, let them go. Like, I've never seen him, like, ruthless like that, you know, where he'll just get fucking pissed and just fire someone unless someone's really out of line or something like that, which, you know. But for a guy or a girl not getting over or something like that, or I I, I haven't witnessed it with my own eyes. And, and my point is you have security. That's a big thing. So when you leave WWE, I could tell you it's – scary because you're going from this security blanket and this comfort zone that you know you're getting paid at the bare minimum you're getting your downside guarantee and maybe you'll make more money if you're getting over and you're higher on a card or whatever now my case when i was uh became an announcer i was on a set you know guaranteed money so you know let's say i got paid you know whatever a hundred a hundred dollars uh a week for argument's sake uh for 52 weeks that was my pay no matter if i did a good job on my call as an announcer or a bad job so i was on a regular guarantee you know um obviously it was a little bit more than 100 bucks but i digress so here's the thing you you have that that comfort and you have that security and then when you leave either if you're you know released or you decide to leave you know it's if you don't have stuff lined up which some guys don't it's scary, and it's it's tough out here. Different in there. In there, you got comfort. In there, you got security. Out here, not so much. You got to land something if you can, and it's not that easy. Because when you leave, if you're trying to get outside of the wrestling business, you're typecast. It's very tough to get outside the wrestling business. I'm very proud that I was able to do that. Very proud. I mean, because I know it wasn't easy. <laughs> It didn't happen overnight. Uh, for those that know my story, it was a lot of years I was trying to get into radio uh, while I was, you know, calling SmackDown. Uh, early early years, early goings for me calling SmackDown. I was trying to get into radio. But the thing is, uh, Dan, uh, the, there is that security. And then when you leave, you know, you don't have that security. It's scary, especially if you have a family or you're looking to start a family or what have you. It's even more scary. Uh, you know, for a guy like Cody, which is because you mentioned him in your tweet, you know, I mean, Cody took a chance and a lot of guys take chances um, when they leave there and some it works, some it doesn't. But it the, the main positive, in my opinion, to stay there is the security, is that you know that you're going to get paid and you're working for not just a reputable company, the most reputable company. You know, um, a a massive corporation that's a massive, massive brand worldwide, heavy duty fucking power. You know what I mean? And you know you're part of that and you're secure. 
That's that's the main positives. So that could lead into money, right? Uh, <laughs> so that's kind of the <clears throat> what motivates a lot of folks, uh, or a lot of us. Um, you know, the the um, some would say, well, look, man, if you're just unhappy, just leave. Well, that's great if you have that kind of a setup at home or in your personal life, and you're not much of a free spirit, and you can just up and leave and say, fuck it, I'm done. Cool. Good for you. Maybe you're independently wealthy or you come from wealth in your family or you just don't give a shit about money. Then that's cool, too. I'm sure there's been plenty of wrestlers that have left WWE and didn't give a fuck and just left. Um, you know, I, I was the opposite. I was always more I want to make sure everything's OK with my family and financially. And before I gave notice to WWE, I made sure I had some some stuff lined up, you know, and, and I couldn't just go and do that because I was on a non-compete. But. You know, I, I didn't just say, you know what, I need I need to get out of here. I need a break from WWE, and I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to be, you know, take my shot, take a chance. All right, I'll, I'll have my 90-day clause, whatever the hell it was, 60-day clause, 30, whatever. I don't remember what the fuck my not-compete was, and I just won't be able to work nowhere else on TV and wrestling, and I'll just, eh, you know what, after those days, I'll figure out where I'm going to go. Uh, I, I had a game plan, <laughs> so um, <laughs> and it worked. So the thing is, Dan J., pit you geeky bearded texas man um it's the it's like i said uh, in in long and short of it it's it's the positives of staying it's the security knowing that you are working for wwe and there's money there and that's that you know so that's that's the key from my perspective in my opinion so so i just wanted to just talk about that for a sec so there you have it um so good question and thank you and if it's a thought, I'm not saying, hey, guys, put questions out there on Twitter and I'll come out here. And it, you know what? If it's something like that, that 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 guy just asked me, uh, it, it's just something that triggered me. I don't know what's going to trigger me like that with the wrestling business and stuff like that. But that was a simple, cool question right there. Um, hey, guys, if you or someone you know uh, is concerned about a veteran, please call the Veterans Crisis Line. Confidential support is available 24 hours a day seven days a week, 365 days a year for veterans and their family members. Simply dial 1-800-273-8255 and press the number one. Or you can use the online chat function on veteranscrisisline.net or you can also text guys, 838-255. The Veterans Crisis Line is available to all veterans, even those not enrolled in VA healthcare. That's important, even those not enrolled in VA healthcare. So please visit veteranscrisisline.net to learn more about recognizing signs of crisis, warning signs of suicide, and how to respond to a veteran loved one in crisis. Again, I'll repeat the number, 800-273-8255. Press the number one or use the online chat function, veteranscrisisline.net, or text 838 Five, five. So, NXT. Okay. Uh, like I said, I liked it. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a really good episode. I'm not going to get into every little nook and cranny of the show, but um, I, I like the open. I like Gargano coming out um, on a crutch, limping, selling, uh, you know, crazy, uh, in, you know, shot his leg, this, that. He's done. He's messed up. He's, he gets to the ring. He's messed up. He's pissed off. He's confused. He's He don't know how to make the fans happy. He let himself down. He let you, the fans, down. This is all in character. Gargano hit every point that he should hit. I love this promo. He connects to the people. 
Johnny uh, Gargano, Johnny Wrestling, he um, he's got that likability about him. He's got that that it factor where, you know, is why the guy's been successful, and he's just scratching the surface of what he's going to do in his career under that umbrella of the WWE. Uh, just in NXT right now, he's 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 the shit, man. He's good, man. Yeah, look, we know how great of a worker he is in the ring, but I, I, it's not just his promo work that's really good. Also, it's the way he um he can connect. He just can connect. I mean, he's not playing a character when he talks. It, it, he he he's you kind of feel that he's in this uh, his demeanor in this deal here was. You know, he's just, he's obsessed in his brain with, uh, with Champa, you know, the NXT champion, who was his former buddy, his former best friend, his former Goomba, you know, and he's completely fucking obsessed with fucking Champa because Champa is just on top of the world as the, as the NXT champion. And fucking Gargano just can't do shit right, and he's fucking pissed, and he's miserable. And he really got that over, and he and he got over his disappointment not just in himself, um, uh, but in what he's put to the fans that they're they're like, don't be ha- don't don't be happy for me, don't call me Johnny Wrestling, I don't deserve that. Those type of things, really cool. I mean, if you didn't get a chance to watch his promo, it was very good. He Gargano is excellent, and whatever direction they're giving him, who's helping him, no matter who it is, either HPK or Triple H or anybody else backstage, William Regal, whoever, any of the ages, they have an excellent team there, as we know. Um, good shit. I mean, I <laughs> I liked it. And speaking of Regal, Regal came out, you know, as he's the commish, right? So he, he came out and, and got a really good pop. And, you know, uh, he, he was just really um, – Regal's just always been great, right? We know that. I mean, his, his long history in the industry and not just as a worker, but, you know, his promo style, his – it's just I I know him for a long time and I've always respect uh, uh, Regal. I, I love him. I've worked with him. I mean, I've, it's nothing but respect for the dude. So uh, you're not gonna find me say a goddamn bad word about him. I just love him. So good dude, you know. Um, and a pro's pro, and you know what? Uh, he does a great job in this role, and he was excellent here, uh, talking to Gargano, basically trying to find out who attacked Alistair Black. That was the thread of basically this NXT. You know, William Regal's job is they started off with a promo, him backstage in his office, and they were getting whatever they were doing. And William Regal said, look, I'm, I, I'm, we got to get to the bottom of who attacked Alistair Black because he's going to snap and burn this place down. So basically. Um, and so Regal came to the ring just basically flat out saying to Gargano, Did you, are you the guy who attacked Alistair Black, you know, weeks back? And, you know, Gargano and him kind of, you know, got into it a little bit. And then Velveteen Dream came out. Which, look, hey, this guy is like Gargano. This guy is just, he's, he's the man. He's just excellent. Uh, his promo was was on point. Called Johnny Wrestling. I think he called him Johnny Failure. I think he called him. And then people were like, oh, shit. You know, it was, it was pretty funny. And and um, and then they kind of wanted to get into it. And then uh, in the ring and Regal just said, look at you to Gargano. Get in the back. You to Velveteen Dream. Get in my office. It was good. And then they showed him later on, uh, you know, in Regal's office, Velveteen Dream, and 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 I like what they did. This real quick on a production note, they so you knew that all well, in character this is obviously William Regal summoned Velveteen Dream to his office to ask him to question him if he attacked Alistair Black because they're trying to find out who this mystery person was, whoever it was who attacked Alistair Black. So 
I, I love what they did. It was such a cool thing where they came up kind of after a break, whatever the hell they came out of. And it was just like the tail end where you see Velveteen Dream. I can't remember exactly what he said, but he's just like getting up after the, the quick meeting or the interrogation, whatever you call it, with William Rigo. And he kind of just said, all right, you know, whatever, like something like I'm paraphrasing, you know, thanks for wasting my time or whatever the hell he said. Point I'm trying to make is that you didn't even have to sit and watch what happened because they didn't show you between Velveteen Dream and William Regal, but it was very cool. It was very creative and very different. This is what makes the NXT different than SmackDown and Raw. You know, SmackDown and Raw, they would have showed you the whole thing, you know, where William Regal is interrogating, uh, you know, Velveteen Dream, yada, yada, and all this kind of shit. They didn't do that, they, but it was very smart and 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 um, cool and, and progressive the way they wrote this bit. And I liked it. I liked it a lot. If you if you if you watched it, you know what I'm saying. If you didn't watch it, go watch it and you'll see what I'm telling you, how this was. Um, which segued into other people sitting down there with Regal. Like I said, that was kind of the thread in this thing. Uh and speaking of William Regan, when they were in the office later on, um Nikki Cross was <laughs> Nikki Cross is in there and I gotta tell you, sometimes like in the ring, her gimmick, it's a little like um it's it's you know, I get she's crazy, she's wild. I'm a fan of her work. I think her in-ring work, she's a tremendous worker. I really, I love her fire. Her motor is fucking awesome. She just is nonstop in that ring. Her motor is sick. M-O-T-O-R, motor. And, um, but this was cool. She was, I guess, next to be interrogated by William Regal. And I guess some, like, some lawyer dude or detective, whoever was sitting next to Regal, whispering to Regal. That was kind of corny. And Nikki Cross was just, like, nuts just laying across the desk and acting like the phone's ringing, but the phone wasn't ringing, talking to somebody on the phone. There was somebody on the end of the phone. It was a hardline phone, which I don't think most fucking people under like 25 know what a fucking hardline phone is, but uh, it was funny anyway. And she um, <laughs> she was laying across the desk. It was funny. And William Regal's facial expressions were like, what are you doing? Like, because she's crazy like and in comes uh, another girl I, I think is awesome is bianca blair I, I love all the characters they have and her and um her and Re- she says the rig look i'm waiting out there because you got me out there waiting because you want to ask me if i attack alistair black again paraphrasing and fucking you're dealing with this here with nikki cross acting like an idiot or whatever she said and then nikki and her and the, you know i guess they're gonna have at it next week because nikki said oh i you know she's like let's play let's play I me mean, like i want to wrestle you so they're gonna do that next week. William Regal put that down. Cool stuff. I usually, I gotta be honest. I usually scoff on stuff that's in, like pre-taped stuff in wrestling. You know, because I've seen so much of it. I've been part of it as an announcer or a talent. And I think a lot of the shit is played out. To be honest with you, and I wish someone would get progressive in booking TV wrestling where you don't have to do a lot of this shit anymore, and it could just be kind of sleek and cool and a newer feel. But what they did this past Wednesday was cool. I liked the um, backstage stuff they did in Regal's office. I liked a lot of it. I thought it was very cool. I, it had me. It was. I, I. I'll fast forward through a lot of that shit sometimes. To be frank, because I'm just. It's just like I said. A lot of it's played out. Uh, this I didn't. This I was digging. I loved it. I enjoyed it, and I thought it was very, really, really, really cool. Um, we saw um, uh, Lars Sullivan. Uh, he de- destroyed Ra- Raul Mendoza. Mendoza was supposed to work with EC3, but Law Sullivan attacked uh, EC3 backstage. So then he came in and, and just basically ate up, destroyed Raul Mendoza. Let me tell you something. I've talked a lot about Law Sullivan. 
you talk about a guy who is going to print fucking money one day. I don't know what homeboy's like backstage. I'm sure he's a pro. I've heard nothing but great things about him. Um, I don't know this much. The way he talks and the way he looks and the way he acts and the way he moves and some of his work, uh, a lot of his work, I should say, and him hacking my fucking cross faces. I see you, big boy, but it's okay. And you did a, did a good job with it. So <laughs> I had to say it. Yeah, no, no, it was cool. He did some cool shit. He was actually innovative. What it, I think he did some standing cross faces first, and then he kind of did my style where I'd have the guy down, like in a referee's position, like all falls and cross facing from above. A lot of people try to replicate those cross faces, and no one is good at them. Lars Sullivan is. So uh, I've had so many wrestlers say, what's the secret to the way you used to do those fucking cross faces? It's really not much of a secret. It's, uh, yeah, well, I'll talk about that another time. But but anyway, um, I love Sullivan. I love him. I love his work. I love his look. I love everything about him. This guy is money, 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 fucking money. He's real deal. And uh, Mendoza's a good worker. He didn't give him much chance to do shit because, you know, like I said, he got guzzled up here. Um, but it was, uh, it's just a great way to spotlight Lost Sullivan. Um, you know, a while back, I might have talked about his promo work, meaning I like the way he talks. He's obviously an intelligent guy, and you don't expect him, like, to, he, cause he looks so like, um, like he's from, almost from like a prehistoric age. He's so different, like a real throwback and like just just unique physique and that's everything about him. He's just raw, you know, raw power, raw rage. And yet now his promos and the way he talks, it's really growing on me. I don't know. It's just something. It's all working. It's all working for me there. And 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 I I, I just think Lost Sullivan, man, all systems go. Just fucking push him. Uh, he's the real deal, man. He's ready to go, man. I, I, it's it's good good shit. And um, uh, oh by the way, um, another match. I I apologize. I didn't mention. I, and like I said, I didn't see every single. I, I did see the whole match of Dakota, uh, beating. Uh, she beat uh, Aaliyah. I'm gonna talk about that in a second. I didn't catch all of the main event, but what I saw of the main event, the tag match was sick. It was awesome. That I know. Um, uh, but I'll get to that in a second. But I'm sorry. I just I should have hit the Dakota, Aaliyah thing uh, beforehand. Um. I like what they did here. Okay, so you kind of had the feeling Dakota was going to win. Uh, uh, she was going to win the match, right? But Aaliyah, man, they had her bring a lot of fight, a lot of, a lot of fire, a lot of energy, a lot of intensity. She looked great. She looked great in her loss, and it didn't hurt her. I like her, man. She's a very pretty girl, really talented, uh, uh, a lot of energy. She's getting better and better and better. Dakota Kai, you guys know I love her. I mean, I love the way she sells, and they had her sell a bulk of the match, and then her offense just comes in, she gets a win. But I'm a big fan of, of both these girls. But Dakota Kai, she's just, I told you, she sells better than a lot of people that you're going to see in this business. I mean, seriously, like she is tremendous. Uh, uh, just really big fan of hers. So I, I liked the match. I thought it was good. And and that's a match where if you lose the match, you do the job like Aaliyah did, it doesn't hurt her one iota. She looks super strong the whole match. So speaking of strong, I'm, I'm not going to get the full detail of, but that's who was in the main event was uh, Adam Cole, Roderick Strong. Uh, uh, they beat Ricochet and Pete Dunne. You know, Pete Dunne, Ricochet, uh, obviously all four of these guys are just awesome workers. We know that. There's no argument there. Um Undisputed Era, obviously a cohesive unit, works like that, uh, where Ricochet, Pete Dunne, not on the same page per se as always, and, you know, that that helps them lose the match. It doesn't hurt anybody. 
all four talents, awesome for sure, uh, like that match. But I'm going to go to break. And I'll set a break. I want to talk about um, uh, a guy that, well, I was wondering, you know, and that's kind of what this is labeled. Uh, can you smell? <laughs> can you can you smell what Keith Lee is cooking? Or just bring it. Or can you smell what Keith Lee's cooking? All right, Tash, I'll be right back. We're back from break here. Uh, Tasho. Uh, so, uh, kicking ass, taking names as always. So, what am I getting out of this whole Keith Lee thing with The Rock? Look, let me tell you something. This Keith Lee, this guy is awesome. Okay? Awesome. He is awesome, for sure. And I'm watching his work. Now, let me just back up. You guys remember, a lot of you guys remember I used to do the BBB, uh, Breakdown Before Breakout. Um, I've done on several wrestlers and, you know, from, I think, I, I know I did Ricochet, uh, Tessa Blanchett. I'm trying to think. I've done a lot of them, as you guys know. Um, look, here's the thing. I almost did one on Keith Lee um, because I heard a lot about him a few years back, a couple few years back. And I did some research on him, watched some stuff. I'm like, wow. This guy is a huge dude, um, athletic as shit, man, really super athletic, and he can go. He can go. And I don't know what happened, why I didn't do the BBB on him, but it was no other. Probably just got bogged down. I think we were daily then, if I remember. It was every day the Taz show. So I might have got hung up with something else. I can't recall. But all I know is it don't matter if I did a BBB or not on this guy. This guy. Like I said about Law Sullivan's going to print some fucking money. This guy here is going to print money, okay? This guy, Keith Lee, is tremendous. Now, okay, look, he he's doing a lot of the rocks kind of. Like when I watched him, I was like, it doesn't take you long to figure out who he was inspired by. Now, I'm assuming it's the rock because of some of his motions in a ring. Now, he defeated a, a young guy, a green wrestler, a, a pro rugby rugby player, Luke Menzies. And this guy, Luke Menzies, this guy's got a great look, big dude, big, big dude, athletic dude, muscular guy, but you could see he is just green as hell. Um, I was a little surprised they put him out there because he's this green. Um, but you know what? That's, I guess, how you're going to get better. And you know, we've seen that a lot with NXT, and you've seen that years ago. And where guys coming up sometimes get you know do a job or get squashed or whatever. He had a little offense, but sometimes with guys like this that are green, when he's got his offense, his offense can look a little ugh, and that's kind of what happened with Luke. But Keith Lee's offense looked great, um, and there was no shock there. He's the guy that they're invested in, and they should be. Um, I I am and I was uh, a little surprised because I never – I'm sure he's done it before. I, I don't Maybe I didn't notice it. I, I'm not an expert on his background or his work. Like I said, I did some research on him, and I knew who he was a while back when I was only going to do a BBB on him. But there's, he's definitely inspired by The Rock, from my from my opinion, uh, a lot of stuff he does. And and he, 
I don't, I just don't agree with it. I just don't think I'm not, I'm not ripping the kid. I'm just saying like, it just, there's no need. I mean, there's no need for him to do that. None whatsoever. This guy's look, his athleticism, Keith Lee, um, everything about him, uh, his whole basket, my glory, that whole catchphrase thing he has. I love that. That shit's good, man. Just, just in my opinion to Mr. Lee, do your thing, man. You know, do, do your thing. This guy was trained right. Killington Brooks broke him in. He's a Texas guy. Um, you know what? He's he he's he's been around. Worked for for, for PWG. Worked for Evolve. Uh, you know, he, he's he's you know he's 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 paid dues. You know, I just don't unless he's being told to do that. And again, pardon my ignorance. He's might have done this in the past. You know, um, me and Keith Lee, uh, the rock stuff. Maybe that's his thing. I don't know. So that might be. I, Pretend I'm a fan who never heard of him, which I did hear of him and I knew him. Never heard of him, never seen him. If I watch him and I'm a wrestling fan, but I'm not a hardcore wrestling fan, and I don't know of this guy's history with Pro Wrestling Gorilla or anything he's done or, or the great matches he's had with uh, with Dijak or, or any of this stuff. If I don't know any of this shit, if I don't know any of that, okay, and I see this big son bitch, you know, for the first time, 6'2", 6'3", over 310, 315, 320 pounds, and I see him doing some of that kind of makes me feel like he's the rock. I'm like, come on, what are we doing? Is this guy just like a rock impersonator? You know, that that's kind of how a casual fan will feel. Now, the hardcore fan will think it's funny, think it's entertaining. Now, again, he didn't completely hack the rock. I'm not saying he did that. He didn't do that. So I don't want to exaggerate. Watch him for yourself, and you'll see what I mean. Where when the people are pop from, he'll look up and do almost like the rock will do the like the smell thing and all that stuff. You know, you understand. Rock was like super innovative. Rock was very creative, and he still is as an actor. That's hence why he's what is he the fucking like highest paid actor of current times? I don't, I don't follow all that shit, but I know Homeboy's making a lot of bank, and I'm happy for him. He's worked hard to to get where he's at as an actor. The Rock, but I could tell you this as a wrestler and as a guy backstage, The Rock always ultra creative, ultra innovative. Um and really didn't want to hack anybody and copy anybody. I, I'm just saying, like, I, I don't think this kid Keith Lee needs to do anything like that. At one point, um, the uh, the kid he was working with Menzies, uh, Luke Menzies came at him like full speed, and he kind of put the hand up, like stopped him, like whoop, before he physically touched him, like hold on, you know, like t- that kind of thing. You know, it felt very like the rock. There's no need. There's just no need for that. This guy's too friggin' good. Keith Lee, dude, you don't need to do any of that, bro. Don't. Don't. Be you. Just walk. Just do your thing. What you do. Don't. Don't. Just. That's that, I, just my opinion. Maybe his boss is telling him to do that. Then do it. <laughs> you know, you got to do your job. But uh, I don't know. That could be happening. I just, I, I just, I'm a fan of his. I'm, I'm actually a huge fan of Keith Lee watching him. I just think he's going to. He's, he's going to be a world champion. He's going to be a world champion. I don't know if it's going to be an NXT or Raw or SmackDown. Eventually, this guy, before he retires, will have a major WWE title. I guarantee it, man. He's just he, – he's he's got it all. He's got, so, uh, you know, like I said, that Bask in My Glory thing is cool. I like that. Um, I don't think anyone's ever used that. I think that's pretty original. Um, it, um the way he moves, his athleticism. Mauro Ronaldo did a good job explaining that. I can't remember what he said. He, he kind of he wasn't screaming. He wasn't doing one of his little rhyme limericks and none of that shit. Mauro said, "Look, guys, I've been doing this a long time. 
and and guys the size of uh, paraphrasing the size of Keith Lee shouldn't be able to do the things that he does. Yeah, that that sounded great. Hearing Morrow just talk like that and not not you know being over the top of it, like just that 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 really galvanized who Keith Lee is. How awesome of an athlete this guy is for how how big that he is um and he is i mean he's just he, it, and this guy because of how how athletic he is keith lee he can work with anybody anybody uh, it don't matter how big or small they are this guy can work with any because he's strong as shit i can promise you that just looking at his physique he's super strong and he's ultra athletic and 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 he could he'll go in the ring and have matches with i don't know from guys the size of um you know Randy Orton and going there with Finn Balor and 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 kick ass with both those guys and kick ass in a match with both those guys. It don't matter the size; he can handle anything. I feel just looking at him in the ring as a worker. I just don't. I'm not crazy about you know. Look, The Rock is arguably the biggest star in the history of the WWE or professional wrestling. You know, you could be splitting hairs with well, obviously Steve Austin and Taker and. Uh, and, and you know, so and a couple of you know, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart. I, I got it. You know, Triple H. You can go on, down the list. There's been a zillion gigantic names. Rock's right at the top of that list, or at least in the top two or three. So I, I you know, I just don't think it's a good move. I don't want to watch Keith Lee work, and then I'm thinking of The Rock. I don't want to do that. As a wrestling fan. As a former wrestling broadcaster, as a former wrestling trainer, as a former wrestler, as a former champion, I don't want to watch Keith Lee work, and I don't want to think of The Rock. Now, if he looked like The Rock, or if he was built like The Rock, then I could say, oh, his physique reminds me of The Rock. He's not. He's not built like The Rock. He doesn't look like The Rock. Um, He has his own look. He has his own unique physique. He's a thick, powerful, athletic, burly guy. He's quick. He's athletic. Um, he's explosive. He's intense. All the positive adjectives. He's got it. I don't want to think of anybody else. I want to think of Keith Lee when I watch Keith Lee work. That's my point in this. That's all. You, listening to me, might disagree, and that's your prerogative. That's your choice. Okay, and I have my choice, and I have my prerogative, and I have my opinions. And just when I see him, I don't think, again, think about the casual viewer, not the Evolve fan, a PWG fan, or a Ring of Honor fan, or, you know, the, the hardcore wrestling fan that goes to conventions and that really respects the business and follows the business, that knows anything Keith Lee do, does, they're going to pop for him because he's got a strong cult following and he's earned that. that. That The casual fan is the money fan, not that fan. As I've talked about many times around my show, that fan, that hardcore fan, is loved and needed in our industry. No doubt about it. Well, it's not our industry. I'm out of the industry now, so I shouldn't say our industry. But it's that 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 hardcore fan is vital to the wrestling industry and always will be. It's the grassroots. It's the concrete. It's the, the it's what galvanizes the business. But the money fan, the money fan, is the casual fan, and when a casual fan sees you doing stuff in the ring mannerisms in the ring that the you know arguably the most popular wrestler of all time has done that's not good because they're gonna think oh this guy's just a rock ripoff that type of thing no don't that's not who keith lee is don't think that way of him because that's not who he is so keith lee 
and whoever is is giving Keith Lee direction as a talent, um, let's be smart and let's realize this guy is the goods. This guy is the real deal. This guy does not need to come off like anybody else but himself. Stay original, be original. Keith Lee, you're a special talent, my friend, and you're going to be a big, big star, bro. I promise you that. So, And you need to be you and bring that out of you. And no matter who you're inspired by, if it's The Rock, you got good taste. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> he's the man. But he's also, uh, you know, a household name for a reason. Anything you do that's like The Rock, people are going to say, ah, it's like The Rock. You, you can't. You just can't. In my opinion. Again, he don't work for me. He, Keith Lee can do what he wants at the end of the day, and he's going to. He's going to do what his bosses, you know, suggest. So uh, I'm just giving you my two cents. So that's the deal. All right, guys, look, man, I hope you all appreciate this episode because I appreciated you guys listening and downloading, and I had fun doing it. So talking some NXT chatter and stuff like that. And uh, and make sure you uh, give me a little, uh, you know, if you didn't subscribe, hit that subscribe button to the friggin' show here, for God's sakes. And give me a little rating on the iTunes. Put me over. Thumbs up. Five stars, six stars, ten stars, twenty stars. Put me over as much as you can. I'm Taz. You're not. Adios. I'll be at you soon. I was raised in the days of my space and screen names back then when I was only worried about my top friends. Now my circle is getting smaller, all these people acting fake, man. And to be honest, I don't even have a top ten. Me against the world, I've been doing what I really love. Haters been hiding behind the screen, man, they movie cuts. And when I'm back at home, it never feels the same, cause we've been doing our own thing, trying to stay up. I want to go back to days with no grades. We ordered the kids meal, play ball, that's all day now. I'm stuck looking at this Instagram page, but these likes on my picture don't result in getting paid now. I've been wondering